Hey, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I would say open your Bibles, but if I did, open your Bibles, but I'm going to be in 20 different verses. Yeah. And so Spiritually Fit 2017. And what I want to do, I want to I get you to look at the worship guide at the very top of your notes with me. The Spiritually Fit Survey, okay? Let's look at this and have fun with it or just see or be honest. Number one, is the concept of spiritual rhythms new to you? Yes or no? No, don't say it out loud. Just circle one of them. Having spiritual rhythms for your life, do you understand that? Secondly, do you now feel that you're going to have a working, or do you have a working definition of spiritual rhythms? Probably if you didn't know the first one, you probably don't know that one. Third one, did you participate in a small group last semester? Yes or no? Now, there's no condemnation if you didn't. Here's the goal. Dave's already told us, Wednesday night we kick off the new semester, a lot of different options. Tell us in the women, they have an amazing study right here in the library in the front hall. I'm starting a brand new study called Distinct Living Above the Norm. That's on Wednesday nights. We have two amazing couple groups that meet on Wednesday nights. Uh, we also have uh, Jeff Weir leads Singles Men. He has a group. There's other different options. Just look. But hey, I hope you'll consider joining one this year. Now look at the notes with me. Ready? Take that out. Pull it out. Get your pen ready. Maybe you got a new highlighter or something. I don't know. Or maybe, uh, did anybody start with a new journal this morning besides me? Oh, okay. Anyway, I, I love the journal. been journaling for decades and decades. Today, brand new year, first entry this morning. Can't wait to see what God does in 2017. But here it is. Uh, spiritual rhythms. I just want you to write this down just somewhere on the side of the box maybe to help you. It's when we, having a spiritual rhythm is when we intentionally uh, give God our focus on our day. God, I want spiritual rhythms for 2017. So I intentionally, by an act of my will, I choose to give you the focus, the priority of my life, and I start my day with you and I end my day with you. So this morning, you know, I was praying. We just got through Christmas, had a lot of fun with the whole carol series. And next weekend, 2 Thessalonians, and I just thought, man, Lord, you know, I love talking about the new year, the new start, being new creations in Christ. So today's just kind of really kind of an evaluation. Uh, just look at different scriptures. You'll know some of them, maybe some of them you don't know. And you'll go, this is how I want to get fit. Because as Dave said this, and I didn't ask him to say that, but it's so true. So many people stayed up, y'all stayed up really late last night. That's where all these other people are. They stayed up too late last night. Huh. Yeah, really. And, uh, and, and they were making resolutions. They were making commitments to the new year. And I always say in this room, there were some people that made some commitments, or you've made it over the last few days, that this year you will blank. <laughs> You're going to do something. And some of that will involve, hey, I'm going back to school. I'm going to finish school. I'm going to get married. You like that, don't you? Hey, I'm going uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give more. I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to serve more. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to start going to the gym. You know, I, I love the elliptical and walking and all that. And, and I hate January because all these people show up for four weeks. And, and I know they're not going to be there after January. They just felt guilty. They got a gym membership for Christmas. And they felt like they should go. And then they're going to say, hey, forget this. But here's, here's what I really want you to do. I want you to be, you know, physically fit, do all these great things. But spiritually, man, spiritually make 2017 a year that you make deposits into your spiritual life and that you choose to grow. And the church said, and, and here it is, it's just number one, it's putting 
things first that need to be first. It's putting God first. And then here it is. It's easy to put God first on the first day of the year. Here's the hard part. Keeping God first throughout 2017 is a little harder, but it's very worthwhile. I told you a story the other day, not to depress you, but I told you about a friend of mine that had a massive heart attack, dead, boom. And then last week on Christmas Eve, one of my former students, when I was in student ministry for many years, 43 years old, lives in the Nashville area. He was opening presents with his wife and in-laws and had a massive heart attack and passed away at 43. And man, it just brought all this home to me of just thinking, wow, we never know. Maybe we have a diagnosis and we're sick, so we're even thinking about eternity. And maybe we're healthy and we're in the prime of life. But it just means always be ready, right, church? Just always be ready, be fit, uh, be in shape spiritually. And, you know, a lot of times uh, it's, it's just uh, allowing Christ to sustain you for spiritual progress this year. Um, you know, like, I, I just know what we've got to do is we've got to put together one day at a time and one day and another day and add a few days, you get weeks and weeks turn into months and the months turn into a year and year turn into years and that leaves a legacy. That's all I'm trying to say this morning. Do you have a spiritual legacy? And you're saying, man, my spiritual legacy is rich. The one I inherited, my own personal contributions to my spiritual walk is great. And if I died, pastor, all of a sudden, my legacy, and I go, oh, man, praise the Lord. And you might say, man, my legacy is kind of weak, and I've not been very good on my spiritual discipline. So today, maybe I'll talk about some things that maybe will help you leave a legacy. And you'll think, God, you know, where are you? Oh, God, I know where you are. I seek you. I know you. I walk with you intimately every day. And Lord, I want to have fellowship with you. And, and God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you better this year than I've ever known you. And I want to know your heart. Would that be a good prayer for the church? Wait a minute. Would that be a prayer for the church? God, I just want to know you. I want to know you, God, like I've never known you before. Not like I used to know you. Like I've never known you. Lord, I want to know you so deep. I want to walk with you. I want to have, because you know, you know what I've learned? Just because you've walked with God in the past is no guarantee that you'll walk with God in the future. I'm in my 35th year as a pastor now, and here's what I've learned. I've watched a lot of people come and go, rise and crash. All kind of things happen. And I tell you, it takes the sustaining grace of Jesus to walk with God every day. And Lord, we want to put you first. And Lord, uh, there's no spirit. Here's what I'd say to you right, right in the side. There's no spiritual autopilot. You can't just go, I'm on cruise. Spiritual growth is a daily determination of your heart, your mind, your will, your spirit that you'll pursue Christ, follow after him. And Lord, uh, just because I used to walk with you, because here, here's a thought I'm thinking. You're, you're one of two things. You're growing or you're shrinking. What do you want to be? Now, physically, I want to shrink some in 2017. <laughs> Don't say amen. No, you, you talk about your own self, okay? I need to shrink some in 2017. Spiritually, I need to grow. What do you need to do in 2017? You're saying, man, I need to grow, Pastor. I want to grow. So today I'm going to try to give you just real practical ways that will help us. Let's just get into it. Four principles for spiritual growth. Number one, the principle of priority. You always hear priority, priority. What's your priorities in life? You know, God, family, work, dogs, you know, whatever, your, your, your hobbies or whatever. But here it is, putting God first. Matthew 6, 33. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? And his righteousness and God will do what? Add all these other things. He'll take care of it. God, I want to put you first. Lord, I want you to be number one in my heart this year. No, let's break it down. God, today, this is a day you've made. I will rejoice and be glad. Today, I want to put Christ first. Tomorrow, I want to put Christ first. Next week, next month, next spring, next summer. God, I want to keep putting you first. Look at the second one. Principle of transformation. It means eliminating distractions. Does anybody struggle with distractions? I want to ask, are there any ADDDDD people in the room? Are there just people that just struggle with distractions? You know, never before have we had more distractions than we have now with the great explosion of this age of social media and all the things that are going on. It's just so easy to get our attention. And, and I was thinking, I looked at a section. I want you to turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Will you turn there with me? I love this book written at Colossae. Paul's the writer. It's an amazing community. But if you look down there in the third chapter, verses 5 through 11, you just begin to see some real truths that we need. But I would say this is what we need to eliminate. These are the things that need to, to move out of our heart. And, and as you look there, I'm not, I'm not reading this verse, but I'm, I want to I move down to just verse 8. If you look there in Colossians 3, verse 8. He says, But now you must rid yourselves, you must eliminate of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. He gives the big five. These are distractions. These are things that are not fitting for a Christ follower. Eliminate them. Put them to the curb. Get rid of them. Here, here, when I think about putting it to the curb, <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, you know, I've had a few days off, and I've been in and out over the last week. And uh, so I kind of miss my regular rhythm of getting the trash. Did, has anybody ever chased a trash person besides me? Yeah, and, and they usually put it out the night before, pretty good about that. And then if I'm not, my wife's good. But hey, have you put the trash? I'm like, oh, man, thanks. Well, somehow, I don't know what happened. Had a brain-dead moment, forgot what day it was, didn't put it out. And I hear this God-forsaking sound. It's the garbage truck. It's so the thought occurs to me, and I go running out chasing the garbage truck in my pajama pants and shoes. And, you know, and, and you've never done that? Because I wanted to put that stuff to the curb. I, I mean, I, I knew I was going to fill the can up. Here it is. There's just some things that we need to put to the curb that we need to put out. So look at this anger. Anger is that emotion that builds within us. It, it usually comes because we're frustrated with a situation, with a person. We expected more out of them, and then they didn't give it to us. So we're just, we're angry. And then, so he says, eliminate anger. Look at the second one. He says, eliminate rage. It's boiling over of anger. It's rage is when we lose control, fly off the handle. Have you ever done that? You're going, oh, oh yeah, I did that. All right, look at the next one. Malice. Malice is bitterness that seeks to hurt another. It seeks in its own right to put down another person. We, we can have malice in our heart. And Paul just says here, I want you to get rid of uh, this rage. I want you to put malice out. And then look at the slander. He goes, now, don't have slander. Eliminate it from your life. What is that? That's hurtful speech that defames the character of another person. And I hate to say, man, I've, I've been guilty of some slander and You've probably slandered somebody yesterday or last week or today. And God's like, to be spiritually fit, I, I want to erase that. I want to put, and then the other one, he goes, filthy language. I, I want you to get rid of those words that are vile, those words that are hurtful, 
And I just want you to put those to the curb. And, and so just this, these five little things that he tells us to do here from Colossians chapter 3, if we begin to act on that, I think we begin to get fit. So the principle of priority, the principle of transformation, look at the next one, the principle of responsibility. Now, I don't know, I don't know about you, but, you know, God here in responsibility, I, I would fill this in. Just do your own part. No, you, you can't save yourself, you can't keep yourself, you can't sustain yourself, but God has a part, he has a part for us to play in the body of Christ. Would anybody agree with that? And God wants us to do our part. And when we all contribute our spiritual gifts, our parts to the body of Christ as a collective whole, amazing ministry happens every time. And when we don't do our part, we don't do our part in the home, the home doesn't function as it should. There's maybe chaos. And, and, and when you don't do your part on your team or in your play or, in, or on your squad or whatever you're a part of, then the other people suffer. And, and let's just look at Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Is the verse going to come up? Is, no verse for this? Okay, I thought I had the verses coming up. All right, here we go. Look, I want to read it to you. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little can also be dishonest with much. So God just says, look, I want you to do your part, and I want you to be faithful and small. And if you're faithful and small, then I'll add to that, and I'll grow it. So, Lord, find us being faithful to you, to trust in you. And look at the fourth one quickly, the principle of clarity. And, and I, I would just say, when we need clarity on a situation, for me, maybe for you, you write it down. I, I was thinking about in the scriptures, how scriptures are written down and the manuscripts were passed on that we might have the word of God preserved through the Holy Spirit for the ages, and we do. But then there's this, uh, this old prophet. I preached a series one time on the book of Habakkuk, and uh, it's chapter 2, verse 2. Listen, listen to what he says. I love this. Habakkuk, just put a H-A-B-2-2. Write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. So they could pass on that word. So this year, that's why I encourage you to journal, is that you can begin to write things down and then you can remember it. and You can, um, you can go back over it and just recite that. And you can just play that in your memory bank over and over. God, I want to write these things down. God, I want clarity. God, I had a moment of insight. I had a moment of revelation. And when, how many of you, do y'all pray for revelation? Do y'all pray for insight? No, let me ask that question again. This is not rhetorical. Do y'all pray for revelation when you read Scripture? Okay, if you don't, start. 2017. Every, every day I pray for that, but on Tuesdays, you can find me in my study. I'm praying this hard. Lord Jesus, I'm here for a message for this weekend. Illuminate the Scriptures this morning. Give me insight. Lord, give revelation. I want to I have something from you to give to the people of God. Lord, bring, and, and I'll be on my prayer walks and I'm praying, God, I need a revelation. God, I need an insight. God, I don't understand that verse. God, I don't understand that topic. God, God, help me, help me. And I'm just saying, man, that, that's a great word that helps us in this thing. Now look at these 10 must practices to thrive spiritually. A lot of verses, like I said, there's 20 verses here today. You can go home, just have fun, writing these in your journal, uh, repeating these, going over them. Number one, let's look at this. Prayer, silence and solitude. You just got to find that for your soul, and I do. You got to find those places of quietness, restfulness, alone time, where Jesus would withdraw to the mountain, to the oceans, and he'd be with his Father, 
And, and I think, you know, where I have to find those rhythms, you have to find those rhythms for your soul where you're like, God, I need it. And, and you've, you've found those places, I hope. And if not, God, help me to identify this year. Because, Lord, when I find silence and solitude, I find your presence. And in your presence, there's a fullness of joy, says the Scripture. And in your presence, there's transformation. In your presence, there's change. So here it is. Lord, 10 practices practices to thrive spiritually lord i just need prayer I, I just need have silence and solitude in 2017 and some of you that's easy some of you man it's very hard you've you got an active family and you've got little kids and and life's happening and man no, it's never quiet at your house this year somehow try to find that look at the second one listen to god here journaling our prayers and whispers now i, I keep talking about this because i'm so big on this and, and i think it's really helpful for christ followers and women uh, are very good about taking up this. Every time I've ever spoken this the last 21 years, they go, man, pastor, thank you for turning me on to that. Thanks for reminding me of that. I do that. And usually the guys go, are you kidding me? I didn't even write papers in school. Like, really? Who wrote them for you? Okay. And, or, or, or they're just like, I just don't write. Uh, to get a notebook, that seems like I'm being a little feminine or whatever. I don't know. Here it is. Journal. Begin to journal those thoughts that God gives you when he gives you an impression, when he gives you a revelation, uh, those whispers, those promptings of the Holy Spirit. Do y'all get those promptings of the Holy Spirit? Begin to, begin to write those down. Lord, I, I want to repeat. I want to do those things that you're telling me in the quiet place. Lord, I, I want to journal this year. Uh, the Psalmist, chapter 46, verse 10, be still, cease your striving, and know Oh, you know that, do you, Susan? Very good. I, I, she said that with authority. Like, you know that I'm God. God. Like, man, I, I got it. Susan said God. Yeah, okay. I'm just picking on you. Man, that's awesome, Susan. All right, I'm going to give you the next one, Susan. You probably know that one, too. No, okay, here we go. All right, look, look at the third one here. Private and corporate worship. It's so important to have your times of private, pivotal positioning priority worship every day but i tell you I, I love the house of god i love when we come in here and chris and the team bring it they bring us to the throne of grace i love that and then i have my own times and let me tell you something this isn't a big deal to you but donna will tell you this is big my wife gave me years ago one of the original i mean it was i mean it's like really thick and it holds like five thousand. and in the day that was like a lot of music and I lost my iPod a few years ago when we moved. And it has all my music. And it has all these spiritual songs and stuff. And it has some secular music. I'm not going to lie to you. But it has all these great songs. And I lost it. And I've been looking for it. And I accuse people of stealing it. I tell you, I don't know. I've looked and looked and looked. This week, I was cleaning out my closet a little bit. And I found this bag in the bottom of my closet. And I started just pulling stuff out. It was just like trash, trash. Guess what was in there? iPod. I cannot wait to go back to the beach. I love that. It has all these musics. It, it, it's just a great place of worship. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's your stereo. Maybe it's your sound bar you got for your TV and you're just going to blow everybody out of bed like, all you sinners, repent. Get out of the bed. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to music. I don't know. Just find a place to put on your worship privately, corporately. I, I find so much strength every time we come in here and I sing with this worship team and, and it gets my heart right so, Lord, help us to prioritize you. Hebrews uh, 10, 25, which says, do not forsake the assembling. If some are in the habit of doing, come into the house of God, run. And then look at the fourth one. Here it is, Bible reading and study. I cannot tell you 
how important that is. Look over at um, Matthew with me. Matthew 22. Can you turn there with me? Um, here we go. 22. All right, we're going to go to verse 29. Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. I do not want Jesus to say that about me. You do not know the word of Jesus. You don't, you don't know scriptures. You're saying, Keith, I'm a new Christian. Keith, I've only been a Christian five years. Keith, I'm only, I've been a Christian 30 years. I chose not to grow. <laughs> this year, grow. This year, get fit. Lord, help me to hide your word in my heart. Lord, I want to read. I'll, James 1.21, he talks about receive this word that is implanted. Let God's word come alive in you. That's all I'm trying to beg you to do is I try to do so many different weekends is we've got to be people of the book and make the, God's word the priority of our soul. And when we do, there's just strength. We know how to pray because we can pray God's will because it's pure and perfect in his word. And we know what God's will is and we know we understand his character. We understand who he is. God, make us people that just love the word. And then here's what I'd say to you. Let's, let's read it personally. Every day, read this book. But guys, listen. Oh, I wish this place was packed today so everybody could hear it. Our small groups, read it in community. Doug, do we, Tiffany, uh, Wilhelms, on and on, do we do this in community? Do we read God's Word? Yes, we read it in community. We even have a special reader in our class. Her name is Christy Davis. She has a Jesus voice. No, she reads really good. She's a teacher and all that. And we say, Christy, can you read that big section of Scripture? And she'll just read it. We just call on her. And sometimes we let go. But, but here it is. Know God's Word. There's something, you know what? I, I beg y'all to get in small groups. Because when you're in small groups, worship is not set up for you to do Q&A go, Pastor, I mean, if I came here and started preaching next Sunday, and Dave Garth goes, just starts holding his hand up. Yeah, Dave? Hey, I have a question. And then, then I finish that, and then tell us. Like, no, tell us. We're not in your classroom. I have a question. I mean, this would be so disruptive. I wouldn't like it. But in a small group, don't you love it? Tell us in your small group on Wednesday night, all those women that hang out with you, that y'all read God's word together and y'all discuss it. And then you go, Jack, Jack, I don't, I don't understand that verse. Can you help me? And Jack goes, dummy, yes. No, nobody ever does that. They go, sure. Let me share an insight with you that I've learned from God's word. And, and then somebody else shares. And then the light comes on your light. I'm so glad I got in community. That's why I beg people to do it. But I still have people in this church and, and when I die, there'll still be people going, I'm not going to get in a community because I just don't want to be. And I'm like, okay, you're going to forfeit some spiritual growth. So here it is. Bible reading study. Look at fifth, obeying God's commands. See, once you spend all this time reading God's word and you're getting spiritually fit, then Jesus says, blessed are the hearers of the word. No, Jesus says, don't just merely be a hearer, but be a doer of God's word. God, I want to do your word. I want to put it into practice. And I gave you all these verses just for you to read this afternoon. John 15, 14, 14, 15, uh, Luke uh, eleven twenty eight. 28. Lord, I want to do that which I know. You know, that's my problem as a Christ follower. I know a lot more of God's word than I tend to put into practice. I find that true of the Western world. We've been exposed to good teaching and to the truth a lot. And we have a problem for it, sometimes going from our mind to our heart to our feet, and we apply it. So uh, my prayer is, 2017, let's apply more of the word. And the church said, 
Yeah, man, God, I want to obey you, but I want to experience you. Here you go. I'm going to pick on you, Lauren, because I like that. Lauren, she, she was one of my teenagers years ago when she was a student minister with me. She's really bright, loved God. It was fun. And now she's an adult, and she leads her, some of her women, and I love it. And she loves to obey God's Word. That's one of the things I love about Lauren. She just loves God's Word. She loves to put it into practice. Because she, she found out that God's Word works. How many believe God's Word works? Right, almost everybody raise your hand. Then this year, God, we believe it works. We're going to start putting it into practice. And then look at the sixth one. Dave, you're going to love this one. Loving God, loving others. I think I've heard that around here. It's our mission statement. God, I want to love you. God, I want to love you with all my heart. God, I want to magnify you. And God, yes, yes, I will even love others. You want to really be spiritual in 2017? Love your enemies. That probably wouldn't have been a very cool mission statement. Love God, love others, and love your enemies. <laughs> but others includes enemies. Do y'all have any enemies? Do y'all have any enemies? Yeah. And, and they sent you Christmas cards, and they gave you gifts, and they encouraged you through the season? They did not. God says pray for them, love them. So, Lord, here we go. We, we run after you. Uh, is the slide of the mission statement going to come up? No? There it is. Look at that. Love God, love others. I just had to work that in there. Man, we want to just try to focus on that so much. God, it's so simple and so hard. God, I want to love you with all my being this year. And then, God, I ask for the Holy Spirit to fill me and my friends that we can somehow love others more. And as we love others, I pray others will be drawn to the love of Christ. Because Christ's love compels. Christ's love constrains me to do this or that and for you. See, I, I just think the more love, more in love we follow with Jesus, the more that people want to follow Christ. And I think the more hypocritical we are, the more we turn them off to the claims of Jesus. I don't think Jesus has lost any power. I think the church has lost its power. My, my prayer is that in 2017, we get more of the power of Christ. And, and then look at this one. So love God, love others. Seven, stepping out in faith when urged to do something. Now, you know, be very courageous, you know. Uh, God has probably called you to do something. Matter of fact, uh, over the next week, you're going to find out about somebody in our church that God has called them to do something in our church. We met several weeks ago, and they are going to follow in obedience to Jesus Christ and do that which Christ has told them to do. And how many of you say Amen. How many would say amen in your life? Oh, no, no. Tell me who that person is so we can celebrate them. See, God's called you to do some things. And you didn't do them in 2016. But 2017 could be a new year to be obedient, to follow Christ, and go, Lord, I want to be courageous. I want to trust you. I want to trust in your guidance. And when you guide me, it will strengthen my faith. Do you want your faith stronger this year? Of course you do. That's why you come. Well, then trust in the leading the prompting of the holy spirit and have courage to act on that see i think there's ministries that we're not doing because people are not being obedient to jesus and i don't know what they are i'm glad i don't know because then i just walk around frustrated going wow we're supposed to be having that ministry we're supposed to be having that and they won't do it but i love it when you're frustrated because you're not doing it no i don't love it when you're frustrated but if you're not doing it this year go you know what I, you see if anybody really takes this message seriously today in this room or goes online and listens 
there will be some new ministries that we do not have currently in 2017, the first day. But by the end of the year, there'll be some new ministries. How many believe some new ministries need to start in this church this year by people that God has called them to do it specifically, and they're going to take a step of faith and do it? I do. There's so much that I see for us to do. But, you know, there's only 1, 2, 5, 10, 12, 30 of you, and they can't do it. But God has uniquely equipped and given gifts. Now look at the next one, 8. All right, you're not going to like me after this one. We, we've done these seriously in the past, and we've had different years where we went on the 21-day fast and the Daniel diet and all that fun stuff. No, it was not fun. It was Jesus obedient, but there's nothing fun about fasting. So this year it might be that your year could include having a spiritual fast. And it could be that you refrain from certain types of food or you refrain from food once a week, like one day a week, and you just... You know, I have those seasons. I've done the 21-day fast. I've done the three-day fast. I've done the every Tuesday fast, every whatever. I mean, you just, you just find, but God, help me to fast this year. But then here's, here's one, and people ask me about this all the time, but I think it's really needed. It might be that we need to just fast from something, and that something might be, I was going to say it. Here, let's do it. Y'all talk to me. What are some things that maybe your friends could fast from? Oh, wait a minute. Somebody jumped all over it. What did they say? They said phones, electronics. Anything else we could fast from? Social media. Sugar. Television. Don't say sports after the national championship, okay? All right. I mean, there's all kinds of things we could fast. Did you notice I said, let's talk about some things our friends could fast from. State of Alabama football, listen to her. I know you're a Georgia girl. Okay, but what if we'd have said, what are the things that you can fast from? This room would have been. What, are we having a funeral in here today? See, so there's some things that God maybe wants us to fast from this year that we just have a, a select a period of time. We say, Lord, I want to hear you clear, and I want to seek after your heart. Uh, so we, it, it's, Lord, it's just to help me guard my heart from distractions. I know that, man. My, I, my heart just gets, it, so many things compete for the attention of my heart and yours. And God wants to drive the distractions from our heart this year. Because sometimes we, we worship those things. Look at, look at the next one here. Fasting nine, serving others. A lot of verses on that. And, and I love this, that, Lord, I want to follow you, and that will heighten my experience of grace as I serve others. And I just think there's some ways that we're, we can serve others this year uh, that's very compelling, very convicting. Convincing, very convicting, very challenging. I don't know why I'm on the C thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes when I start alliterating, I do all these words. Okay, maybe y'all don't realize it, but I do. Okay, it just, it's the way my brain's trained. But the bottom line is, God, help us to serve others this year. And just begin to read some of these passages and just chew through them and say, God, what is it that you would have me do? And look at the 10th one, <laughs> fellowship with other believers. Oh, it's not hard to make a case for that scripturally, but I'm just saying, God, how can we begin to be a part of a Christian community that values some of the things that I value? And their strong commitment to Jesus, their strong commitment to the body of Christ is what I want to join in this year. And, and I just pray that somebody will go online or encourage somebody to listen to this message maybe later and go, hey, you, you, you can sign up for the podcast or you can listen to this thing and maybe it'll encourage you to just pursue Christ this year, maybe like you haven't. Lord, I don't want to uh, neglect you. I, I want to run hard after you. Lord, I want to look in the mirror, and as I look in the mirror, 
I want to look in the mirror of your word and I want to see what you have for me. So Lord, help us reflect you this year. And Lord, help us to have the identity of Christ, that we're children of God, that we're running hard after you. Let me, let me just kind of change gears here. I, I just want to share something with you I think is kind of interesting. I read this article the other day. It was really good. And there was this professor, I think, at the Denver Theological Seminary somewhere. And let me see if I can find it, because it was really talking about the age that we find ourselves living in and how uh, in trouble we are, how distracted we are. And, of course, everybody calls this the Internet age, the information age, the social media age, whatever you want to call it. But this, here's his name, Douglas Gruthus. Isn't that a great name? You think anybody made fun of him when he was little? But anyway, Douglas Gruthus, professor of philosophy at Denver Seminary. He's been tracking the impact of the Internet on the spiritual life since 1997. How many of you were born uh, after 1997? Raise your hands. Okay, you weren't born, you were born before that, okay. Uh, how, do you, how many of you just remember clearly when the internet came out? See, the young ones were like, what do you mean? My life's always had the internet. Like, Y'all didn't used to have that? No, we didn't have Google and all that stuff. All right, here's some things that he said. I, I, you just, if you want to write them down, it's a bonus. I thought it was good. We're becoming like what we behold. If we behold our phone 24-7, what are we becoming like? Our phone, what, what it, it says to us. To worship an idol is to become like that idol. And he talked about the digital internet interactions we have with one another. And that somehow it has just crept in, it's dominated. And if we're not careful, we quit communicating with each other. And we don't look at each other in the eye. And we have tweet-like responses back to people short character have you noticed that a lot of times that we just don't sit down and have conversation like we used to i remember i used to hear this when i was little my parents lived in uh, my grandparents lived in northwest alabama and everybody had porches and everybody would gather on porches and everybody did the com you know the the community thing and everybody connected and then you fast forward into the 60s and 70s and everybody didn't have porches and and then you get up in the 80s and 90s and everybody starts getting garages and people start kind of shutting them things out and then social media and the internet comes on. But if we're just not careful, we just don't have meaningful conversations. So he talked a lot about it. It's really, he, wrote, he wrote a book. You can just uh, uh, Google him. Secondly, he says, we're multitasking what should be unitasked. And that we, uh, that we live in a physical space, but also we live in a virtual space. And if we're not careful, we just let the virtual world dictate us and we let it control us. Guys, I'd be a hypocrite if I say I don't like social media and I don't like my phone and I don't like to text people. I love that I can get out prayer requests and teachings and reminders and follow-up and football. Oh, not football. And, and, and just all kinds of things. I can just, you know, communicate 24-7. It's awesome. But, but there's something about that physical space when we spend time with each other. And it's like, guys, I'll just be honest with you. The church right now in America is under serious attack because of this virtual world. There's so many churches now online, and people have quit gathering in community. i got to tell you guys, the Lord's Supper in community, baptism in community, people praying, sharing life in community. Please do not forsake assembling, and the church said. But I promise you, I'm listening to it everywhere. It's easier to stay in your boxers and never come. And we used to do live stream here. And it was fun. It was cool. We also saw some attendance go down through that, too, because people were like, Hey, man, like I, I can have another cup of coffee. I can watch ESPN for the fourth time this morning. 
and I don't have to come. And, and Robert Dennis asked me to serve. And nobody asked me to teach kids, and nobody asked me to give. I'm telling you, guys, the church is the gathered church of Jesus Christ. Amen? I know you're going, you're old. I am old. Older than some of you. And younger than some. Maybe. But the bottom line is, man, the body of Christ is to be cherished, is to be loved, is to be gathered, is to share your life. I mean, this morning, Jessica and Jonathan would have been cool to go, let's take pictures and let's go online and go, glory to God, we're engaged. Or how, and, and y'all did, because I saw some pictures, that was cool. But how much better is it after this service, people are going to run over and they go, Jessica, may I see your ring? And her heart is going to swell up so big. And Jonathan is going to be so happy that he is blessed to call her his fiance. And he's going to go back to his computer and make an entry. No. Man, we just want to get, I'm just making fun. We, I, I think, here's, here's my premise, I'll just move on. I think we're losing interest in the gathered church in society. Every pastor I'm talking to around the country, is, most churches are talking about how the decline, and a lot of that's because of so many online teachers and all that's great, and I utilize it and you utilize it, but I'm thinking, man, let's don't forsake the coming together. All right, I'm going to share one last thought with you. Um, I've taught this year about spiritually fit 2017. Let me, let me tell you a good way. I've talked about this before, but I'll try to help you. Uh, the days, nobody's messed up, so everybody can do this. Today's January 1st. There's 31 Proverbs. I dare you, before you go to bed tonight, to read Proverb 1. And then tomorrow, read Proverb 2. And the next day, and I know you go, what about when I get to February and there's only 28 days? Well, just be superhuman and double up at the end, okay? But you read a proverb a day. But then, let me share with you, but I don't want you to just stop reading the proverbs. I want you to read a psalm, and not just a psalm, psalms. Let me tell you how you get through the, how many psalms are there? 150. There's 31 proverbs. You read a proverb a day corresponding to the day. But let me, you should write this down. This will help you. If you want to read the proverb a day, and you want to read a portion of the Psalms today, you need to read several Psalms. Listen to how you do it. On the, uh, sec, on, on the uh, first day, you read Psalm 1, and then you add 30. Can you remember that? See, the first one's easy. You just go, Proverb 1, 2, 3, 4. Psalm, you read Psalm 1, and then you add 30. So it'd be Psalm 1, then Psalm what? 31. Now add 30 more. 61. Add 30 more. Wait a minute, did y'all go to school? 91, and then add 30 more, 121. And then the second day, read Psalm 32, then add 30 to it. 62, add 30 to that. All right, y'all didn't do very well in math. Okay, here, here's the deal. I'm just trying to help you break it up where in one month, in 31 days, you could get through all the Psalms and all the Proverbs. Anyway, that's what you get for coming. I probably won't do Man, where was my son-in-law? He's teaching the kids next door. He's a math major. He would have loved that. Okay. Man, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you chose to uh, come this morning. Hey, I'm going to pray with you. Uh, man, we're going to go. You can go eat black-eyed peas and turnip greens and turn green or whatever it does. I don't know. But anyway, I just hope you have a marvelous day. And uh, man, I hope 2017 will be a rich year for you spiritually.
And I hope you'll just choose today. Lord, I want to get spiritually fit. Let's pray. Jesus, we're glad we got to come to your house today physically to gather in the living room with brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for the children next door as they get taught and loved on. Lord, we pray that this year would be a year of spiritual significance and spiritual growth and spiritual development that we conform to the image of Christ. And Father, I pray that if there's somebody today that's never begun a faith walk, they would come up to me right after this service and go, Pastor, could, could you help me? PK, tell me about this following Jesus, turning from sin and following after Jesus, putting your trust in him. Man, this would be a great day to come back to Christ or come to Christ and start your spiritual journey. God, we pray for our church and for the sick and for healing. We pray for the travelers that you would give them traveling mercy. We pray for the ones that are gathered. We pray for strength and joy. Lord, we love you. God, we need you. We need you more. God, blow across this church, Holy Spirit, and do a new work. Define us by your grace till we gather again. In Jesus' name. Amen.